We're so glad that you are checking out this sermon from New Beginnings. Our vision as a church is to become an authentic biblical community that transforms our city and impacts the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We do this through gathering in worship, growing through community, giving to the kingdom, and going on mission. We know that one of the greatest blessings of the church is getting to pursue this vision that God has given us together. My hope is that we would get the opportunity to connect with you in person and get you plugged into the life of our church. Also, if you have been blessed by the ministries of New Beginnings, we ask that you would consider supporting us financially. You can do so by clicking on the giving tab of our website, nvbctx.org. I pray that you are both encouraged and challenged by the scripture today. Uh, I travel full-time with our ministry, Rage Ministries, and no, it's not an anger management ministry, uh, but we do, uh, we, we do have a passion that burns deep inside of us, and that passion is to reach a generation endangered. That's what Rage stands for, reaching a generation endangered. Do you realize that when we look at this next generation, what is called generation Z, those that are about now 21 years old and younger, do you realize that 35%, I know it's super early, but that's one out of every three, one out of every three of people, of teenagers in Generation Z, they identify as atheist, agnostic, or having no religious affiliation at all. That's one-third of teenagers in the United States who claim there is no God. If there is a God, you can't know him, or I want nothing to do with God at all. There's a generation that sits before us that is in need of the gospel, and and that is why uh, we exist. Number one, to proclaim, to tell, to share the good news of Jesus with the next generation, but secondly, as Pastor Matt said, it is to equip you. Look at your neighbor right now and say, he's talking to you right now. Go ahead and tell him, all right? See, I want to equip you this morning with how you can share the gospel, I believe, with anyone, anywhere, at any time. Listen, I grew up in East Texas, and nothing excites me more than to see God putting a place and a people and a church like this smack dab in the middle of East Texas, listen, that is in need of Jesus. Amen? Can, can I just say that again? East Texas needs Jesus. Amen? Like, we don't just need church. We don't just need religion. We don't just need to go through motions. Like, we need a radical awakening of a life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ. I grew up in this area. Not Gilmer, but a, a bigger town called Wascom. It ain't any bigger. I'm totally kidding, right? I grew up in the town called Wascom. And, and listen, I know what it's like to do church. I know what it's like to grow up and go to church because that's what you do. And I know what it's like at 18 years old to meet Jesus and everything change. And my prayer for us this morning, for those of us in this room that have just been showing up and going through the motions and doing this whole Christianity thing our whole life, or for maybe you, this is the first time you've ever walked into a place like this, my prayer this morning is that you would encounter the true and living God like never before. And so I want to ask God to show up and to do great things. So would you pray with me, Lord? Thank you for this morning. 
Holy Spirit, we just confess right now we need you. God, we can't, I can't change anyone, but you can. And so, Jesus, would you be lifted high? Would you change us forever? In your name we pray. And all the church said, amen. Well, as I said, I get to travel kind of all over the country and even outside the country at times. Um, I love a good road trip. Anybody love a good road trip? Anybody like to just get out of town sometime? Uh, man, I, I love that. I, I love getting away. Um, even though I travel, I love coming home. But I, I love traveling. Um, I probably like airplane trips better than road trips. But you know what I'm saying. Well, today, I want to take you on a road trip. Today, I want to take you on a road trip, what we're calling this morning the road trip of your life. Imagine today we sat down and I said, hey, we're about to take a trip, and it'll be the trip of your lifetime. It'll be a trip that you will never forget. It'll be a trip that will change everything. It'll be the most important trip you will ever go on in all of your life. So today, I want to take you on that trip. I tell you this, I'm not over-promising today, and I'm not under-delivering. Today, we're going to go on a trip. Look at your neighbor and say, buckle up, let's go. If you have your Bible, I want you to open it up to John chapter 10 and verse number 10. And as you turn there, I want to encourage you to not just sit idle, to not just listen to my words, not just look at words on a screen. I want to challenge you this morning to actually take notes because this road trip, the map, the streets that I'm going to give you are streets that you can use to take anyone, anywhere, anytime on this road trip. John 10, in verse 10, Jesus says this. He says, the thief, Some look at somebody and say, that's the devil. Go ahead and tell him. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Everybody look at me because as we, as we talk this morning, I want you to realize what's happening in this room right now. In this room right now, there is a battle taking place. A battle on two ends. One end is the enemy and his desire for you. Look at your neighbor and say, yes, you. Tell them that right now. No, I said, look at your neighbor and tell them, yes, you. I can see you whether you're doing it or not, all right? So, so here we go. The, the enemy wants to steal from you, kill you, and destroy you. That, that is one force at work here. But on the other side is the force of our Lord, our Savior, our God, the Holy Spirit at work. And he is warring and he is battling. And Jesus has come, he says, although the thief wants to steal, kill, and destroy, I have come that you could have what? Say it with me, somebody, that you may have life and have it how? Abundantly. That word abundantly means a life. That lacks nothing. See, in this room tonight, I know all of us took different roads and different paths. And we had, we had our own trip to church. But my, my, my absolute conviction this morning is this. There's not a single one of us who are sitting here in this room by accident. God has put you right here. Because he wants to take you on the road trip of your life. Now, if you're going on a road trip, it, you have to take different roads. And, 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 and through this trip, we're going to start off on a road, a road that is called, write it down, 
Reality Road. I want to start this morning by hopefully waking you up to the reality of your life and my life. There's a few things the Bible tells us about us that we need to know if we are truly going to experience the road trip of our lives. Reality Road really begins in the beginning. Genesis 1.1. The Bible says in the beginning, God, anybody know what the next word is? God what? He made. He created. So, so this reality I want you to grasp first and foremost is this, is that you are no accident. I want you to hear that this morning, young ladies. I want you to hear that this morning, young men. I want you to hear this, church. Like your life is no mistake. Your life is no accident. As a matter of fact, would you just do something for me? Would you just breathe in? Breathe out? Doesn't that feel good, by the way? That's no accident that you're sitting right here right now. Because the Bible says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You are made by God and formed by God. In John 1, the Bible says that Jesus was in the beginning. And, and by him and through him were all things created. In Colossians 1.16, it says that you were created by God, through God, listen close, and for God. See, when we're traveling down Reality Road on this trip, we become aware of a couple of things. God made you. God loves you. And maybe you've never heard this. God wants you. I believe some of you are sitting right here this morning, and your whole life you felt unwanted, unnecessary, unneeded. And I'm here this morning to tell you that God doesn't just love you. God didn't just make you. Hear me. God wants you. You and I were designed to be walking in loving, living relationship with God. And so this road trip begins looking pretty good. We're like, man, I like this. Man, we're on reality road, and the reality is you're no mistake. You're no oops. You're no my bad. No, you are the intentional design of a designer. Now, despite what the atheists and what the evolutionary people would believe, who believe that trillions of years ago there was and that became, and that grew legs and jumped in water that happened to come out of nowhere. And he jumped in water and it swam around in water for a while. And then it got time of swimming around in water. It crawled out of the water. It grew legs. And then it got tired of being slimy and it grew hair. And then it got tired of being small and it got bigger. And as it got bigger, it grew hair and it began to climb trees and swing from trees. And after it got tired of swinging from trees, it decided to come down and lose its tail. And it decided to lose its tail and then it realized it was too hairy. And so he went to Walmart and bought a shaver and shaved all the hair off his body. And he stopped walking on four legs and now he walks on two. And that's where you came from. And this is what we're buying into in our day and time. But I'm here to tell you that you're not some process of cosmic coincidence over trillions of years. You are the intentional and intended design of the designer and creator of all that is, the Lord, the God of all creation. He made you. 
He wants you, and he wants to walk in a relationship with you. But as we're driving down Reality Road, all of a sudden, things begin to get dark. Because the more that we realize we're made, that means we came from somewhere. The more that we realize we've been created, that means we're here for a reason. And the more that we understand that we came from somewhere, that means we're going somewhere, we realize something isn't right. Okay, God made me, God loves me, God wants me. But we go up to this road, and it's dark. And we only see the sign. And the sign from Reality Road takes us to the next one, and we find ourselves now on Separation Street. This is a road where Reality Road moves us into. Because if God made us, God created us, God loves us, and God wants us, many of us sit in our life and we're like, well, where's God? We feel like something is missing. And there is. It's because of what the Bible says happens on Separation Street. This road wants to help you realize why it is that this God who made you and loves you and created you and wants you, why it is that you feel so far from Him, it's because you've been separated. In Romans 3.10, look at what the Bible says. It says, no one is, what's that word? Righteous. Say it with me, everybody. No, not one. Look at your neighbor right now and just tell him this. You ain't right. Go and let him know, okay? Because that's exactly what the Bible says, that you and I, I saw some of you sitting by your spouse. You're like, I don't think so, Captain. That's not going to happen. I'm not, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. But the truth of the matter is this. No matter how good you think you are or bad you think you are, no matter how far you've gone or not far you've gone, No matter how long you've been in church or not been in church, the Bible says all of us, every single one of us who are made by God, who are created by God, loved by God, wanted by God, none of us are right with God. Why? Why are we not right with God? Because of what Romans 3.23 says. It says it like this. All. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. For all. That's all of us. Like nobody dodges this. All of us have what? We have sin and we fall short of the glory of God. God made us, wanted us, created us, loves us, but we have rebelled against God. We're just like our great, 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 great grandfather Adam who was given everything in the garden except one tree. And instead of being satisfied with everything, we want the one thing God said no to. We're, we're just, like, just like my kids. How many of y'all have kids? Anybody have kids in here? Like, like I have three kids. They're nine, six, and two. And it has been, it's amazing to me. See, when the Bible says we've all sinned, I think and you think, man, we have to learn to sin. I found out you don't have to learn to sin. That, that we're born sinful. Like, I'll have my, my kid, had him in the, in, the, in the shopping cart, or as we like to say right here, in the buggy. Anybody got buggies, right? We got buggies. We have a shopping cart. They're buggy. Got him in the buggy, and we have a buggy full of stuff. And they see one more thing they want, and we say, no. And all of a sudden, they lose their ever-loving mind. Anybody ever been there? I want that. You're like, we got a shopping cart. Look at what's in the buggy. Look what's in the cart. Look what we've got. And they're like, I want that. And you're like, no. And they're like, ah. What is that? That's the sin inside of us. 
It's the sin that we've inherited. And the Bible says because of that sin, we are not right with God. And actually, we're not right because we've sinned. And because of our sin, we earn something. Look at what the Bible says in Romans 6, 23. It says the wages. A wage is something you earn for work you do. The wages of sin is what? Nobody wants to say it, but what is it? It's death. What is death? Death is separation from life. What did Jesus say? He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Do you want to know why you feel separated from God? It's because of sin. Sin separates us from God, the God who made us, the God who loves us, the God who formed us. This is the reality that we walk in. But we feel separated from God, and rightly so, because our sin has separated us and God. And this road is dark, and it is lonely, and we try to turn on lights and fix up the street and fix up our life, and we try to bring ourselves back to God. But we continually, the Bible says, fall short. See, reality road always leads us to Separation Street. And as we're driving down Separation Street, and it's dark, and it's lonely, all of a sudden we see in the distance a street light. And this street light seems to be taking us to another road, a road, a road that seems to have hope, a road that... That, that seems to be out of the darkness, light that we're so needed. A, a road that takes us from this road of death and separation and, and a road that, that seems to be offering life. Reality Road takes us to Separation Street and Separation Street takes us to a road called Provision Parkway. And so we get off Separation Street and all of a sudden we realize there's another road. There's a, another way. There is hope out there. It's hope on a road called Provision Parkway. Uh, Romans 5 and verses 6 and 8 explain Provision Parkway to us. It says it like this, At just the right time, while we were still weak. Check this out. While we were still weak. I, I, I wish they would have translated this strong. It's actually a stronger word than weak. Like we think weak, we're, weak is like we're not quite capable. That's not what the word, the word does not mean you're not quite capable. It means you are powerless. That's what the word means. So here's, let, let's read. While we were still powerless. Why, why are we powerless? Because we're dead. So the Bible says when we're separated from God, we're dead. We have no life. We have no power. There's nothing in it. Like we're not trying to work our way back to God. We are dead. While we were powerless, while we were weak, look at this, at just the right time. I, I love that phrase. It, it, it reminds me of like all the superhero movies are the, you know, where, where they come in at just the right time. Like, da, 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 right? It's like I almost hear that when I read it. I, I read the Bible weird. I know, but, but go with me. Like, like every hero movie, like, ripped the Bible off, okay? So, so just so you know, it's, it's all a poor imitation of the real rescuer. At just the right time, Christ died for who? Those who have all their junk together? Christ died for those who could, you know? Oh, oh, Christ died for, helps those who can help themselves. Is that what it said? No, what does it say? At just the right time, Christ died for who? 
the ungodly, the separated, the sinners. This is why if you're here, man, and you're like, dude, you don't even understand, Ryan. I bet God loves some of these people, but there ain't no way he loves me. Some of you are literally sitting right here thinking, man, I've heard that God loves me. I get the Jesus, but you know what, man? You don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what's been done to me. You need to understand you are the reason Christ came. I love what it says in verse 8. God demonstrates his love for who? For us. While we were still sinners. See, religion says this. God's over here. You're over here. So if you want to get back to God, you got to work real hard and clean yourself up. Let me tell you what the gospel says. God's over here. You're over here. You're dead. You're separated. You can't fix this. So Jesus came. Jesus came. God demonstrates his love for us while we were still sinners. Say with me, Christ died for us. So, so reality road, God made us. God loves us. God wants us. But our sin separates us from God. He is loving, but he's also holy and just. And, 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 and our sin must be judged. And so Jesus comes and he provides the way. That's why I said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said, if you want to be back in relationship with the Father as you were designed, you've got to come through me. So we're cruising down Provision Parkway. We're realizing Christ loves us. Christ died for us. Man, I'm a sinner. He paid the price. I'm separated. He made the way. I shut the door. Jesus is the door. Jesus is our hope. And as I'm driving down Provision Parkway, all of a sudden, it stops. And it comes to a in the road and now I find myself sitting at what is called decision drive God loves me made you created you and wants you sin our sin our willful disobedience to God has separated us and God it has earned us death. But Jesus comes to bridge the gap, pay the way, be the way, make the way for you and I to come back to God. And now the question is, what are you going to do with that? I want you to get the picture of sitting in your car. And you're at this fork in the road. And now you've got to make a decision. See, some people will say something crazy like this. Oh, you know, I believe God loves me. I believe Jesus died for me. But I, you know what? I, I'm not ready to make a decision. Can I just say this? When you don't make a decision, you've made the decision. And you've been sitting here long enough not making the decision. You're like, I'm not sure I'm ready to go all in. Well, listen, you're either all in or you're all out. And this is the only way we go. We've got to go left or we've got to go right. And we're sitting in our car and we're sitting there. And all of a sudden... There's a knock on the door. It's a lot like what Revelation 3.20 says where it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any one of you will open the door and let me in, I'll come in.
But here's where I honestly believe a lot of us are doing. Instead of opening the door and letting him in, we roll down the window. And here's what we tell God. Sure, hop on in. And we unlock the passenger side door and tell him to sit in the driver's seat. There's a bumper sticker that drove me crazy. I don't see him much anymore because it's super bad theology. And it was a bumper sticker, and if you have it on your car, please take it off. It says this, Jesus is my co-pilot. Listen to me close. Jesus didn't come to be your co-pilot. Like, like Jesus isn't your passenger. See, when Jesus, when Jesus knocks on the door, he wants the driver's seat. He wants the steering wheel. He wants the keys. He wants the gas pedal. He wants the brake pedal. He wants the gear shift if you drive standards anymore. He wants, he wants even the control of the radio. See, Jesus didn't come to be our co-pilot. Romans chapter 10 and verse 9 says that he's come to be our Lord. But look what it says. If you will confess with your mouth. What do we need to confess in order to, to be brought back to God? We must confess. Say it with me. Jesus is who? He is Lord. So, Jesus, I believe you're Lord. I want you to be my Lord. I believe you're God. I want you to be my God, my king, my boss. Here's my life. It's no longer mine. I am yours. And if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, what does he say? You, what does he say? You, say it, will, what church, be, what? Saved. You will be brought back to God. See, this is the road trip of life. It's the road trip of your life. And today, you are sitting at Decision Drive, every one of us in here, and we can either choose to say yes to Jesus or no to Jesus, but the only way we come into life is to say, yes, Jesus, I'm yours. Maybe you've, maybe you've done that sometime in your life. Maybe you have said yes to Jesus. Maybe you're sitting here and you're realizing for the very first time you've asked him to be part of your life but never be your life. See, this is how Paul describes Christ. Christ who is your life. Jesus will never take part of you. He will only accept all of you. I can remember when... I got married. Uh, I've been married 23 years. Uh, I met my, my now wife. I met her in first grade. Heather and I went to, went to school together our entire life. We started dating our junior year in high school. We got married after our junior year in college. We've done some life together. But I can remember the day that there was our wedding day and and although we knew all about each other, and although we were committed to one another, we weren't married. And, and so we stand in, in front of our pastor and, and, and our friends and our family. And, and, and the pastor, he, he, he starts with me and he says, Ryan, do you promise, do you promise to, to be Heather's lawfully wedded husband? Do you promise to love and to honor and cherish her as your wife? 
Do you promise to be with her in sickness and in health and poverty and in wealth? Do you promise to keep yourself only to her so both, so long as you both shall live? Ryan, do you so promise? And, and, and although up in that moment I loved her and up in that moment, man, I was committed to her and, and I knew all about her, it was in that moment that I said, I what? I do. In that moment where I said I do, and then, and then, then in turn he asked Heather, and she says, praise God. She said, I do, right? Because dudes are like, by the way, we're left hanging for a little bit. You're like, this could go, still go bad, all right? And, and she says, I do. And in that moment, that confession uh, of our commitment to one another, literally, man, we, we were married. We were, we were united together. Can I just give you the picture? Jesus on the cross said, I do, yes, to you. And all he's waiting on from you is your yes to him. And I never will forget because as we sit at Decision Drive, it it takes us to our final road. Because when we say yes to Jesus, Decision Drive always leads to what's known next as Baptism Boulevard. I want you to get the picture because as as we were standing there and we both said, I do, the very next thing our pastor said was, give me the rings. Give me the rings. And the rings in the wedding are a sign. And our pastor was just awesome. And, and, and I had a gold ring at the time. I have a rubber one now because I almost got my finger cut off. But that's a whole random story that I'm not going to chase. And, but, but he holds the rings up, and he, and he talks about the beauty of the ring and the symbolism of the ring and what it means. I've got a question. Were Heather and I already married, yes or no? Yeah. Did the ring make us married, yes or no? No. We would have been married if he never would have said, where's the rings? And he said, your husband and wife, holla, right? Like we still would have been, we still would have been married. But he said, he said, give me the rings. And we took these rings and we placed them on each other's fingers. Because why? Because we wanted the world to know outwardly what had already taken place inwardly. And can I just say in just a little bit, we're going to get to celebrate with some people who have said yes to Jesus inwardly, but they're going to let the church know outwardly. We're going to celebrate in baptism here in just a little bit. Because I believe the first sign and step of obedience that you and I have as followers of Jesus is that you and I say yes to Jesus and then we're like, now let me preach a sermon. And that's when we go in the waters and we say, here's what's happened. I've died to my old self. I no longer live. Now I've been raised to new life. Christ lives in me. I was 18 years old when I said yes to Jesus. And my life has never been the same. It hasn't been perfect, but it's never been the same. I tell people this, man. My life has not been about perfection, but I can guarantee you this from that moment, my life has been lived in a different direction. And some of you are in here today, you're just like, yep, that's me. Like, I've been saved. But you know what happened? Like, I was baptized when I was like eight or nine. But when I was 18 and I said yes to Jesus, the very first thing I knew I needed to do, I needed to get baptized. I needed to let the Lord, because listen, look, it's like wearing a ring and not being married. They're like, you married? You're like, nope. They're like, what's that about then? Right? But when you're married, you're like, you know I am. 
And so the ring is a display of what has taken place. And baptism is a display and a declaration of what has taken place. And so this morning, I have really just two simple responses. Number one, have you ever said yes to Jesus? Have you ever turned from your sin and yourself and trusted in Christ as your Lord? If not, please hear me. You're still living on Separation Street. And the Lord wants you to come to Provision Parkway to take you to Decision Drive. For you to say yes to Him and Him bring you back into who you were created to be. So that could be a teenager in here. It could be a grandparent in here. It could be a single mom. It could be a married couple. Like you today need to say yes to Jesus. Listen, I can't do it for you. I, I can't decide for you. But today, as far as I know, is the best day for you to say yes to Jesus. It's today. So I'm going to ask you not to wait in a moment. We're going to stand up, and as we stand, we're going to say, if you're ready to say yes to Jesus, just step out from where you are and come. We're going to have leaders up here. We're going to have some of our pastors up here. We're going to have some of our, our, our leadership in the church up here. And all you've got to do is put your hand in their hand, and all you got to say is this. I need to say yes to Jesus. And man, today, today, you can be brought into right relationship with God. Today, you can move from death and separation into life and relation. I know some of you are going, well, I'm, I'm nervous, you know, I'm kind of shy. Like, like, let me tell you, that doesn't go down anywhere. That, no wedding's like that, man. We're all like, this is my girl. She's like, this is my guy. And we're like, we want everybody to know. And so I want to let you know, there's no safer place that you'll ever say yes to Jesus than right here because this church is going to celebrate with you. Amen, church? Man, that's why we're here. That's why we do what we do. That's why we go out. That's why we come in. That's why we lift up. That's why we preach because we want people to come to Jesus. So today, maybe you didn't even expect this. You're like, I just wanted to come to church and feel better. And you're going to leave here alive because you walked in dead. So if you need Jesus, that's our offer number one is just come. Come put your hand in one of our leaders' hands and say, I need to say yes to Jesus today. Secondly, maybe you're in here and you have said yes to Jesus. And you are his and he is yours. But the best, you know, like you've never put on the wedding ring. Like you've never been baptized. And you need today to be baptized. We're going to be celebrating baptism. And you need to come and you need to talk to one of our leaders here. And all you need to say is this, like today... Like, I need to go public today. I need to let the church know, the world know, that I'm unashamed, that I am in Christ and Christ is in me. And today you can be baptized. We have everything you need to be baptized today. We even have the water. It's awesome, all right? So we got the water. We got clothes. We got hair dryers. We got towels. I don't know if we have makeup. We might. Who knows? But, you know. My point is this, if you today need to be baptized, don't wait any longer. Today, step out, come down, put your hand in one of the hands of the, say, listen, I just need, I just need to be baptized. And man, we'd love to help you take whatever that next step is. Everybody got it? Say, got it. Would you bow your heads with me? As your heads are bowed, I just want to pray for us right now. I want to pray for all of, all of you in this room. So I want to ask if you're in here this morning, you would say, Ryan, pray for me. I need today to say yes to Jesus. 
Ryan, would you pray for me, man? I want to say yes to Jesus for the first time today. If that's you, would you just hold your hand right up and right down? I just want to pray for you in this place. Say, that's me, man. Pray for me, Ryan. I need today to say yes to Jesus for the first time. Would you pray for me? Listen, I'm not coming to you. I'm not going to chase you down. I just want to pray for you. So if that's you, would you just hold your hand right up and right down? I want to pray for you, okay? Now, I just want to know. Nobody's looking. It's just me. I'm, I want to know how to pray. If you're in here and you say, Ryan, pray for me, man. I know Jesus is mine, and I know that I am his, but I've never been baptized, and I want to be baptized. I want to let the church know I am a follower of Jesus. If that's you, would you just hold your hand right up? Awesome. Just hold them up right up, right down. I just want to pray for you. Awesome. Thank you for being honest. God, right now. I just pray in this room for anyone who today needs to say yes to Jesus. God, would you not let them leave this place, step out of this service without coming and talking to someone, Lord, and them saying yes to you. And God, I pray for those in this room also who said, I need to be baptized. Man, I need to go public. Man, I just, I want the world to know that I'm in Christ and he's in me. Lord, would you give them the faith just to step out, to come down, and to tell one of our leaders, hey, I need Jesus. I need to be baptized. I want to go public today. So, Lord, would you do a mighty work in this time of response for your name and your fame. In Jesus' name and all the church said, amen. I'm going to ask our leaders to come and stand right here. I hope that you have enjoyed this message. If you have any questions about anything that you have heard today or would like to know more about what it means to be a follower of Jesus, feel free to call our church offices at 903-759-5552 or send us an email at info at nbbctx.org. As for staying up to date with what's going on at New Beginnings, follow us on our social media accounts. Have a great rest of your day.